0: Welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 432, second one in December of 2023. My, how time flies. Over 200 episodes ago, back in episode 195, I had today's guest on the first time. Back then, he was doing a show on 680 The Fan in Atlanta. And he was also a part of CBS Sports Radio, and he would have me on as a guest. So we connected through that, and about three years ago, he moved from Atlanta to his hometown of Philadelphia. He now hosts the morning show on 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia. That's reason enough to have him on the show. However, something was going on in John Kincaid's life that superseded his appearance on Sports with Friends. He had cancer. And... We've had some weird experiences on this podcast with people who had cancer. It doesn't always turn out great. I remember having Mel Antonin on. I remember having the, the late, great Peter McNabb. So friendship comes before the podcast. And so I was just hoping and wishing that John Kincaid would be okay. Well, he has a health announcement that he made on social media, but he's going to make it here on the podcast. It is also the week of the Heisman Trophy, plus some really good matchups in the National Football League. And we will talk to Patrick Morrow, the head odds maker of Pavadasportsbook.com in just a few moments to get the latest odds on those events. So it is easily the only question I need to do. If you want, we can end the podcast right there. Please update listeners who don't live in Philadelphia or who do, people who listen in Atlanta, whatever they want. Tell me your health status.
1: Let's just say that I am cancer free ah. and those are the two most beautiful words in the dictionary to me right now uh, so full, fully fully healed is a different thing because it's been it's been around six months of house arrest yeah uh it, it was twenty four weeks of chemo uh every other week, but the weeks in between were actually worse than the weeks I got treatment. Mm. It was weird, like and then it got cumulative so mm. It was week two, week three, week four, more poisons in my body. And it's going to take probably six to eight weeks to get the chemo out of my body. And they tell me six to eight months to truly where you truly feel back to normal. So and uh, 12 12 weeks of uh, steroids, which were like given to me in a bag, not like the uh, Jose Canseco. Not Jose Canseco and, you know, right in a uh, bathroom stall. So it, it was a it was a drip bag. So I was literally on edge. And I still am. I still am, honestly. I can, I can go off in a second. Better not cut me off in traffic. Oh, Let's okay. put it that way. Well, <laughs> the way it is. Help the it's a little, little edgy, little emotional. I can cry at the drop of a hat. It's been, uh, it's been quite a journey. Uh, 2023 has been one for the Stuckier. record. A Year, yeah, yes,
0: year. Yes, it has it's been.
1: But a good ending, though. Yeah. So, I'm sort of like trying to think of a movie that was really sucky that had a great ending. And I, uh, but that's sort of like 2023.
0: Well, a couple of follow ups then. Um, the first one I'll ask is more practical. Sure. A radio show. Yes. How much of it did you do? Did you do it from home? Um, you work a morning show. Those hours yes. kill healthy people.
1: Oh my gosh. 4 a.m. It's not, it's the hour of Satan. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's not meant for humans to be up. But when you're forehead. dealing with
0: chemo, how, how'd that go? Did, did, I, know, I, had, I know from your, your social media, they were very kind to you. They were very no, fair to you. Like your, oh your my employer was wonderful.
1: I had four days. I took uh, other than my surgery recovery when they had to remove the tumor and, and take it out, uh, four days off. That's it. I took four days off and, uh, my, it, it was really at the uh, the prodding mm-hmm. of my wife and my oncologist, John Sprandio Jr., who's amazing. If you're in the Philly area, he's amazing. Uh, and, but it was like, you need to rest a little bit more because now you're in the home stretch. Only 16% of guys who do this protocol that I did, which was uh, two, it was two chemos at the same time. And, um, and one of them I had to have in my port, which I'll show you my port because it's coming out tomorrow. Uh, I would have to have it plugged into me and then a machine across my body that was pumping the poison into me for 48 hours. So it was, it was just, it was a terror, but only 16% of guys start at week one and make it through week 12 without taking a break. And I was intent on being part of that group. I was not, I didn't want this to extend it was getting done the week before Thanksgiving and that was sort of a motivation in my head. And they told me, well, maybe by Christmas, you'll feel a little, you'll feel a little more yourself. So that was my big motivation. So uh, it, it's great. It's no been one would great. have blamed you
0: if you did. Otherwise, if you took extra
1: time, I off. enjoyed working though, because Seth, it was, it's, it's, you know, it, uh, I mean, like for me, a week off is amazing I, I vacation very well like i'm not one of those people who right. um, consti- it, what you're missing? like i'm not one of those people who constantly checks in on work and all that. i am i literally can go like a 2020 episode i can disappear from the face of the earth right. but but um, working helped me working helped okay. me sort of stay sane and if it hadn't been for my wife and just like just looking after me and because uh, it was pretty much house arrest for the most part. Wasn't allowed to go to church. Wasn't allowed to be in big gatherings. Wasn't allowed to go to any press boxes. Wasn't allowed to go sit in the stands at a game. It was, uh, it was pretty much house arrest. And that sucked. That was the worst part of it for me because I'm a social animal. And I want to be around people. And it was hard. So like selected friends came over and would, would have lunch with me or something. But even that, it, it just wasn't the same. It's wonderful to be back and to be out and about again. So, that's great.
0: Uh, The other question that I wanted to ask, uh, and I've been wanting to ask this, you know, since you got the uh, the 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 cancer free. Sure, you were very public about this battle. Yep. And as your friend, I was appreciative because I think that's what social media was created for. Like, so you don't have to tell every friend. You know, you don't have to call every person you know right yeah uh but it's cancer yes and i'm fearful you know this i'm just telling you what was in my head Sure, 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 sure i'm sure. like what if this goes horribly wrong well, it'll
1: like, be great i thought
0: when... about i thought about mel antonin and i thought about peter yes. mcnabb and i thought yeah. about people that are dear friends of mine where the cancer fight went wrong and i'm thinking boy it's really public Tell me the thought process in putting it all out there.
1: Well, doing a daily radio show since every single day of my life, since like 2000, pretty much, you know, except for vacation days between Atlanta and Philadelphia. Uh, I'm used to it. I'm used to publicly. I knew somebody would know. I knew people would know. I knew people would know the story. So I figured get out in front of it. And if I could do something to motivate other people, I would feel good about that. So I made up my daughter came up with the idea of the blocks. And I had like on social media, I had the 12 blocks and I had my block tower and every single treatment. I took one of those blocks off and threw it away. And I had so many people reach out and say that their dad, their mom, their sister, their brother, I've had so many guys say, should I go get a colonoscopy? Mm. I was not Seth. I was not, if, if, if the doctors, my, my Apple watch that i got last christmas and i do not usually wear watches but i wanted to wear it for fitness levels and to be able to track my fitness and stuff and i noticed after the super bowl which was very discouraging uh when i came back to the super bowl i was losing i lost my complete energy and my blood oxygen level was going like this and everything well it ends up they thought oh he has afib i was getting afib alerts yeah yeah when i when i when they looked at me for afib they went not seeing it, but what could be going on? And then they they put me on Eloquis for the for for supposedly having aphid. That caused me to bleed internally quickly. And by the time it was, I was on Eloquis like three or four weeks, and I was dragging. I couldn't even. I could barely get up off the couch. And so my wife said, "You're going to another. You're going back to the doctor," and complaining about Eloquis. When they pulled my blood and looked at it, they went. Um, I said, "My daughter's getting an award tomorrow at Temple." They were like, "We'd like you to go to the hospital." I said, "My daughter's getting an award tomorrow. I want to be there." And he goes, "Do you want to be alive to see her get it?" When I got there, um, I was bleeding out, and it was the. And when they did a colonoscopy, endoscopy, they found an aggressive form of colon cancer that wasn't the normal colon cancer, and they found it. And they were able to attack it and get it and everything. The one thing I would warn people about is, I was told at the age of fifty, and this will be very colorful for you. Seth, at the age of fifty, I had a colonoscopy, and the doctor said when he came out, he knew me from my radio show in Atlanta, and he came to me and he said, "John, your colon look like let's watch this video." He goes, "It looks like you've never even taken a poop," so I was very proud of that—a very clean colon—and just seven plus years later, haven't? Yeah, haven't, haven't
0: healthy living is not always it's not the be all the end all
1: it, 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 no and i don't and i don't live like believe me i'm not a a uh, i don't abuse my body in any way but, but, but a, i can but, but i cannot say that i am a uh my dietary choices are always the best so uh, there's things you got to learn and there's you're things you do. you do a morning show right and that's terrible i mean it's absolutely horrible but i'm getting there i'm getting I'm there and, and and i thank all my doctors and all their and all the listeners who reached out um, the overwhelming love, even back from the people that I knew in Atlanta for 25 years, it's just, it was so uplifting. And I'm glad, so it gets back to your question. I'm glad that I did it publicly, but I didn't do it too much. court. Um, no, I quarters, didn't think it was obnoxious. You know I, just, I just was worried. I, I kept going,
0: I hope this goes
1: well. I hope it goes well. The only thing is though, it'll be, uh, you know, if, 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 you know, I don't know who'd play me in the movie. But uh, if they had to do that, at least they'd have some good social media material they could work off of. Yeah, they so would. I thought, I thought about that, too. You know, the residuals from the movie and everything. My daughter would be very proud of me for that. And that's gallows humor. But thank God it's not a part of the equation.
0: No, that's a, that's a good line.
1: Uh, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't know who'd play me, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> I can't figure it out. Uh, I hopefully, thankfully, I don't have to
0: figure it out. More of Sports with Friends with John Kincaid in just a moment. But first, the Heisman Trophy will be awarded this weekend. Plus, the NFL continues to have compelling games. Let's welcome in the head odds maker at Favado, Patrick Morrow. There are four finalists. Marvin Harrison Jr. of Ohio State, Washington's Michael Penix Jr., Oregon's Bo Nix, and LSU's Jaden Daniels. What are the odds? Who's the favorite? And how's the action?
2: Seth, this is... Uh... This has been a pretty wild uh, Heisman Trophy winner market for us here. Um, We've had, you know, looking at the Futures Board the entire year, um, we started off with uh, Shadur Sanders and Colorado at the beginning of the year, 500-1, to a massive liability, and they had rolled off uh, three straight wins, and um, yeah, I think we were looking at like a million dollar loss on uh, if uh, Shadur Sanders had been Heisman. And uh, each week with college football, we've seen favorites change. We've had Michael Penix being the outright favorite. We had Bo Nix going into last week being the outright favorite. That said, looking at the current odds, now that all the regular season games have been played, uh, Jaden Daniels of Michigan, the overwhelming one to 10 minus 1,000 favorite right now. Michael Penix is right there at seven to one. Uh, he was the second favorite going into the conference championship weekend. Bo Nix now at 16 to one. He was the odds-on favorite before Oregon lost to Washington. Rounding it out is Marvin Harrison Jr. out there at 66-1 to 1, just because they had to invite a fourth person there. Not likely to win. It's unlikely that any of these odds will change between now and Saturday. The games have been played. It's just the politicking right now. Um, but, yeah, if you like Marvin Harrison Jr., you can get him at Bavada, 66-1.
0: All right, let's touch on the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles were humbled by the San Francisco 49ers. Now they go from one challenge to another now they take on the dallas cowboys and the knock on the cowboys has been they can't beat the good teams what about the eagles and cowboys for nfc east supremacy
2: very interesting one here. Um, they met earlier in the season and uh, Philly won a close one there. Um, you know, that, that was a, a great example of the Eagles out coaching uh, the Cowboys in their previous matchup. Uh, since then, the Eagles have shown themselves to be, dare I say, a little bit vulnerable. Uh, they, they got absolutely shellacked by the 49ers, who I think have shown themselves in that game as road favorites against Philadelphia. Probably the best team, at least on paper, in the NFL right now. And the Cowboys, yeah, this is uh, I think a really good matchup for them to really see if they can take that next step and if they are for real. As you noted, their team that uh, has done well against the have nots of the league but hasn't really hung with the haves. They come into this one, Seth, as three and a half point home favorites And the better so far, like the Cowboys odds, 60% of all bets are on the Cowboys so far over under sitting 53 at Bovada.
0: Meanwhile, in the AFC, in the beginning of the season, it was the Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, the Bengals are under 500. Joe Burrow's out. What about the Bills and the Chiefs? Can Patrick Mahomes return the Chiefs to AFC supremacy against a surprisingly 500 Buffalo Bills team?
2: ian said this is a really interesting one given uh at least in the bills point of view uh poorly they've played and for the chiefs uh i guess poor relative to our standards because we have pretty high standards for patrick mahomes and that andy Reid kansas city chiefs team um even with taylor swift in attendance they simply weren't able to get it done sunday night i i think if you're the bills it's very weird to say that they have a must win game but this is pretty close they they will be below 500 if they lose this one Chiefs will have uh, an opportunity for a little bit of separation after uh, Jacksonville Jaguars had their QB go down Monday night. And boy, it can't be much tighter than this one. Looking at the point spread right now, the Chiefs are currently two and a half point home favorites. And uh, the action is split right down the middle, Seth uh, on the Bills and the Chiefs. Over under is sitting at 47 and a half that is quick scroll that's our highest total of the week right now which is what you would expect in a game with josh allen and patrick mahomes under center we're seeing about 70 percent of all bets on the over right now at bavada
0: that is patrick morrow now back to our enlightening conversation with john Kinke from 97.5 the fanatic in philadelphia yeah. How long has uh, has it been in Philly? You came on episode
1: one ninety five. This is
0: episode.
1: What do you want now? Four thirty two. Okay, it's been uh, three. It's been three years. On it'll be three years on January third uh, or fourth. Okay. It'll be it'll no that'll be three complete years, and we'll start year four. And the the biggest blessing that. I got to work in a great city like Atlanta and got to have the run that we had on Bucking Kincaid, got to do my network show on ESPN, got to do my network show on CBS. I yep. uh, got so many blessings. But honestly, Seth, doing one show, being home in my hometown, being amongst my childhood friends, that that my, wife, my wife brings it up all the time. She goes, isn't it the coolest? My, two of my closest childhood friends live within five miles of us and where we are and it's just it's a great blessing to be here but the greatest blessing of all is the fact that i'm i am not only amongst my giant extended family up here too but i get to talk eagles every day right i get to talk phillies i get to talk about the teams for the first time in my career right that, you're, to, that get, you were watching anyway yes that because i was when you were working me. in atlanta you were right. a phillies fan yes i mean alex anthopolis used to always give me grief about my a phone case being a philly's phone case right. and one of the great. by the way one of the, the i would put alex as the greatest sports executive that i've ever Dumb. had the pleasure of dealing with
0: oh good because i have to ask you about a few another uh executive that we'll talk about later i'm going to tease that uh here in the in the podcast before we get into just the, the sports talk of it all sure uh two industry things um, yes Angelo Cataldi retired during your show during your, he did. your since you started. We had Angelo yes. on the podcast. Uh, I consider him a friend, you do he's, as well. Oh. Uh, he's he's family.
1: he's family to us.
0: Yeah, he's an icon. Um how did that how did your employers look at his retire retirement? How did you personally look at his retirement because you're doing a, a show on a different station and I would I would look at it as, well, no matter who's replacing, and I like the guys who, who sure. replaced him, but you're not going up against a legend anymore.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you this. I mean, DeCamera and Richie are a pain in the backside to go up against too. Yeah. Uh, but I would good tell guys. you this. Joe DeCamera is a really good dude. He's a great guy. Uh, I would tell you this. Angelo Cataldi. for God's sakes, I said, please retire. Would you retire? Come on. You got that beautiful house down the shore. You got that beautiful wife of yours retire for God's sakes. And so it was an honor. Um, It's been an honor because my career would never have gotten anywhere without Angelo prompting me to step away from my lifestyle in the business world and to go and to chase this. He said, you're going to be successful. You're going to make a career. You're going to kill it. And then when I made the decision to come home uh, and was being courted to come home, Angelo and I spoke and he flat out, said, I said, I'm going to do this above board with you. I said, because we could end up going up against each other. And he went, you do what's good for your family. Cause I'm going to retire soon enough.
2: And he said, <laughs> but, more,
1: but more importantly, he said, as, uh, you will, every word out of my mouth is going to be positive about you. So I would expect the same in return. And I said, well, where would I, why would I think otherwise? So we are, we had a, a great thing, but he was very, very clear on that. We would not interact like publicly in any way. And we did when I was in Atlanta and we would come up and visit. Um, He said, we're not going to interrupt. We're not going to interact in any public way while we're competing. Because he said, I'm worried. He said, I'm worried about you, how it would look for you if you were doing that. And I am happy. I'll share with you some good news, Seth, that next week on my show, uh, we have a performance studio where we have sort of like a sports center set and we bring in a live audience and everything like that that Angelo is going to appear on my show in person, in the studio. And to me, it is a great honor that he's going to do that. And uh, he has such respect, obviously, for the folks at 94WIP. But uh, he made a special exception for me to come in the studio because of our relationship. And uh, he's a great guy. I love him. And uh, I can't wait to have a chance to be the one that grills him next week. The funny thing is
0: when he came on this podcast, all I was trying to do was to get him. Like, all I wanted to know was who was your favorite athlete? Not who are the athletes he wanted to rip. Right. And I kept going, who did you like in 30 years? Who did you like on the Phillies? Who did you like on the Eagles? And he couldn't, he couldn't do it. (laughs) It was, he was, as evisceral as he ever was. And I couldn't, I tried to soften him and I couldn't do
1: it. Well, I think that the the bottom line is uh, he was a guy who always looked at sports through the prism of uh, what was going to, what was going to create the best discussion. And he was brilliant at it oh, and he's, really brilliant. he's brilliant at it. So what's going to create the most discussion in Philly? Seth, you've been here. Good, good team you know, you know, that don't win. Exactly. And don't so, be
0: terrible. That, don't don't be terrible. Don't so be that it's apathy.
1: Right. Be just good enough to be in it and never win, or to fall short, or to like he loved. He loved that, and he was the master. No one's ever done it better. I mean, and we have legends like Howard Eskin in town, who is another also been on this guy, podcast. Guy, another guy who, who who another guy who won't retire for God's sakes <laughs> won't just sit and count all his thousands and millions. Uh, it's a, it's uh, he's buying too many fur coats. I guess he's like in debt. I, 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 the King is another one that I interned for one of the greatest guys that I've ever dealt with. And, uh, he's another one though. They, they mastered the art of the negativity angle and how to really build it up. And I believe with both of them, it's completely for the most part genuine. Now, when Howard was a Cowboys fan back in the nineties, he was just tweaking the he was, he was poking the bear, you know, and tweaking people. It's so much fun to uh, be able to watch guys like that work and to now get to work in my hometown is just amazing. Oh, it's nice. absolutely amazing. I love it. I love it. All right.
0: Um, before we let you go, let's uh, let's tackle a couple of things on, on the four teams uh, in, oh, in, yes. the, in, in the market. I want to start it off with hockey. Uh, okay. Because one of my favorite people in that sport is now the president of hockey
1: operations, Keith Jones. Uh, he's amazing. I love Keith Jones. He is uh, incredible. And uh, Jonesy and Dan Hilferty, the, the uh, governor of the Flyers franchise uh, from uh, Comcast, uh, they were kind enough to have me out last week. For the hockey they honored fights me. cancer? And they honored me on that night, and they presented me with a special autographed jersey by the entire team. Uh, Torts gave me a smile. I mean, that's okay. that's his big a win. But it was uh it was absolutely an incredible experience and they're great. And uh he he Jonesy is such a smart guy. And I can tell you from what I was told, they talked to Keith Jones about what does the job entail? What does this franchise need? Like, and didn't weren't thinking of him as a candidate. And then after they talked to him, they went are you interested? Would you ever do this? And then he was like, yeah, I'd consider it as long as he had certain stipulations and uh, boy, the, the fan base in Philadelphia has completely changed as far as you can get buy-in on a rebuild. You can get buy-in on a long-term plan when your front man is somebody that this city already loves and respects. And Keith Jones is one of those guys.
0: No, well, that that, that helps. And uh, it, it does. Know. He really was coming into his own in, in the broadcast industry. Um, he was. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm amazed. He was on I the was, Avalanche uh, oh, in yeah. the '90s when I was when I did the pre and post for the Avalanche. Well, I've known him for t- 30 years now. I was um,
1: excited because uh, when Keith, when he, when uh, I guess uh, what was he with doing the hockey before he was with TNT, um, the network. He had, uh, and him and I talked. And he goes. You, you get the people at TNT, you know, them pretty well. And I said, yeah. yeah. And so I just made one phone call and I reached out down there and I said, you know, you guys could, re- you want to reach out to Keith Jones and everything within the day, Keith sending me a text and he goes, Ernie Johnson, Jr. Texted me back
0: and <laughs> Ernie,
1: Ernie actually brokered it to do the intro for Keith to TNT oh, executives. Great. And he had a job within like three days because of that's how good awesome was, and how right. relatable he is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Keith's so relatable.
0: He's a great guy. Totally. Totally. Um, The stadium series at MetLife Stadium. Yes. uh, My beloved New Jersey Devils take on your beloved Philadelphia Flyers. I remember being at the Winter Classic at Citizens Bank Park. I remember Roy Halladay threw out the first pitch and Cliff Lee. I remember being at that game. But this one's different because it's my team against your team. Sure. Is it a big deal for Flyer fans? Um, It's a pretty big deal here. And I live in North Jersey. And the game is at MetLife Stadium. It's not, you know, in South Jersey. Is the game a big
1: deal to AU or B, Flyer fans? First off, I thought about going and just being in the stands to enjoy it. Yeah. But uh, I still think I'm going to play it safe with as far as, as my being immune system. in 25 system. <laughs> degrees. Yeah, and I'm thinking it's like, isn't it 8 o'clock at night? Yeah, oh, I yeah. It. And I said to myself, I've tried to get out of MetLife Stadium parking lot before. <laughs> That's a pain in the backside. And then the drive back home. So I'll watch it from the comfy, cozy kin cave in my house. Our, the man cave is the king cave. My kin kids can't wait. My kids, they're, they're, they're in snow hats for it. Well, it's amazing because it's a great event. And more importantly, Seth, that'll be a memory. Like I just went on our dad-daughter Eagles game this past weekend with my 19-year-old. And we keep the tradition alive. And she'll still hold my hand when we walk. She'll still go into the game. And I don't know where it comes from, but just get so into it. Your that relationship with your kids and sports and shared memories like that. They're priceless. There's nothing, there's nothing better. And that's going to be great. By the way, the devils, I'm very, I really do. I really do like the devils. Like as far as I've never hated the devils. Uh, I had a ton of respect for uh, Richard uh, Martin Brideur. Uh, I really, like, I never had a dislike for the Devils. Uh, but uh, I I sort of like what they've got cooking. And I hope that the Flyers, I, I think that the Flyers are trying to build more in the Vegas Golden Knights uh, mode. They want to get big defensemen and they want to get, you know, physical there and everything. But uh, I respect a lot of what the Devils are doing. I think you guys got some interesting stuff going on. And the Flyers are surprising the hell out of us right now. Nobody, I mean, I didn't expect them to be in, I didn't expect them to be even in the discussion of playoffs come Christmas. They might make it. They might make it to Christmas. And to me, I thought that was the benchmark of if you do that, wow. You know, the, the attendance has been better. The fan base interest has been better. And John Tortorella is a hell of a coach. He's a fantastic coach. Um,
0: I remember we had uh, Marty Brodeur on Ooh, uh, the love show. You. And I remember asking him, obviously, the Rangers are our number one rival. Who is the number two rival? He said, unequivocally, it's the Flyers.
1: Oh, I thought so. Well, just because, two fans of both teams can so invade even each I mean, just, yeah. And they can invade each other's stadiums. And I think right. that's part of a rivalry, too, is that, you know, when things are going right. great. No one likes to
0: schlep you. out to Long Island.
1: Exactly. No one. I mean, seriously. I haven't been out to the new mausoleum. Is Is it nice? It's nice. It's nice. Because the old Nassau mausoleum, I did not enjoy that. When I worked for the Flyers, I didn't enjoy it.
0: All right, let's do football. Um, sure. Oh play
1: boy. the hits.
0: Because there are people listening. Talk yes. about the Eagles already. Um, tell me about Howie Roseman with the caveat that he was a junior when I was a senior at Marlboro High School. And I may have booked that. That's incredible.
1: Him. That's incredible.
0: I didn't I... know until the Fly- the Eagles made their big run that the GM was, went to our high school. I know one of their finance guys, I'll say his name on the podcast, Jake Rosenberg. Okay. Because I know Jake Rosenberg. Uh, my, his mom and my mom were best pals in, in Marlboro, New Jersey. Howie Roseman was his friend. And now that I know who Howie Roseman is, I go, oh, that's who that is. So he's a long term project for this podcast. But Tell me about what it's like to cover him because will he remember a, that I book checked him and B hold that against me.
1: I think that could very well be because Howie's a very sharp man. I can tell you that. Uh, I I think there's, it's really, there's two chapters of Howie Roseman here in Philadelphia. Uh, He had, he had the chapter where he was the, you know, involved as the GM before chip Kelly came in and he got demoted to like the West wing. And got put in a in a corner office like, sit away, don't bother me. I'm in charge. You'll do what I ask you to do and everything. And his perseverance, sticking through Chip Kelly, staying with the organization, being loyal, uh, loyal to Mr. Lorry, and then learning lessons from his first tenure that helped him in his second tenure to bring this city two Super Bowl berths, one championship, uh, and a ton of success. Uh, Roseman has my respect in a, in a big, big way. And one of the reasons I really like it is he changed his whole draft philosophy too. In his second tenure, he knows now why not shop at the sec. When you have your opportunity to look for players, you could go to, you can go to the pac 12 if you wish, but you know what the best groceries are at the sec and he knows where to shop. He's done it. Um, he's very, he, he works cloak and dagger. He's sort of very secretive, doesn't do a ton of media. Um, no. but is, <laughs> I've but, heard. right. But what I will tell you is, is that, uh, to me, I've seen a complete turnaround from the fan base on Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman the championship does that. Yeah. And I think it does, but also Seth, it's sustaining it. It's sustaining the excellence where you feel like every year you got a puncher's chance to win something. And I think that's what Roseman has delivered and uh, I'm impressed by his work and I'm impressed by any guy who can swallow his pride regroup and then come at it again and do his best. And he has most certainly done that. And he's, a, he's a much better GM this time around. He, he's, he's been fantastic. And, uh, got, he, he, he went and got Shaq Leonard yesterday. Uh, you know, there, there's buzz on Zach Hertz. I don't think the Eagles need Zach Hertz, but there's just, he, he maneuvers the cat better than anybody. So your finance buddy that from your high school, mm-hmm. what, well, whatever Howie Roseman does, he manipulates the salary cap better than anybody. All you have to do is look at the salary cap hit for Patrick Mahomes over his contract that he signed, his extension, and look at the salary cap hit for Jalen Hurts on his extension. And Jalen Hurts actually goes and gets you know pretty much comparable money, but his salary cap hit this year is three and a half million, I think. Next year is like eight million, 10 million. Howie is a master of the cap. And it's one of the greatest things about them. And it's what keeps this Eagles organization top of mind over and over again.
0: Uh, Knowing that people are going to listen, you know, if they listen the week this is released, uh, the Eagles
1: uh,
0: took a thump into the Niners. They have a massive game against Dallas. So by the time, you know, more than half of the people listening to this podcast, that game will have played. So I didn't want to make it about this particular week. But the ceiling for the Eagles, in your opinion, is it they'll get in and it's a crapshoot and they could eat, they they could do anything from a Super Bowl run to a second round exit. Is is, is me, that
1: a fair assessment for this team? I think that's an overreaction of the San Francisco loss because okay. well it it depends on this. If they win Sunday, and obviously that game has already been played for your listeners, uh if they beat Dallas, the NFC East is over. They have a two and a half game lead with the tiebreaker. Correct with four to play it's over then you just worry about not tripping up because the eagles still they win their last five they will be the number one seed in the nfc if they lose one of them they're going to need san francisco to lose one of them in order to be able to go four and one and if san Fran is four and one then once again they'll hold that number one seed if you tell me they have the number one seed i think their ceiling is getting to the super bowl with a chance to win it if you tell me they're the number two seed And San Francisco's number one, I'm telling you this, and it wasn't popular this morning. Any Eagles fan who is real chesty about, if we play them again, we're going to kick their backsides. That's naive. That's ridiculous. After what I saw on Sunday, and uh, Kyle Shanahan to me is the best play designer, play caller in the NFL. Uh, He throws more out of passing. He throws more out of run formations and runs more out of passing formations than any team in the nfl he's brilliant i got to cover him in atlanta um i don't really dig him but i i respect the hell out of him fair fair that's very fair um just you can't be chesty you can't be chesty about a 49ers matchup after they did that too but i do believe that game was a outlier and there they, this was the gauntlet part of the schedule uh playing dallas then um you know having the uh, having to play the bills having to play the chiefs at kansas city and they were three and zero in those, and you lose one to to San Francisco. Good team, if you, yeah. Yeah, if you had told me that stretch, the Eagles are going to go three and one, lose one of those games, and I would have signed for that in blood in September yeah, instantly. Inst- so they're fine, uh, but they're fine as far as. But are they last year's Eagles? Absolutely not. No. They're not as good as last year's Eagles. That doesn't mean that I believe the AFC is weaker though. Right, I don't believe the AFC has a juggernaut team waiting for them. So Cincinnati's
0: been a massive disappointment. Buffalo's been a massive disappointment. Right,
1: it's it's so I don't believe there's going to be a team waiting there in the Super Bowl that would be favored over the Eagles if they played them. Very good.
0: Uh, Let's do the Sixers.
1: Yes. Um, James Harden to
0: me uh, is tired, and he's just such a turnoff. I. I, I, I care very little. But the caveat is I don't watch a lot of NBA basketball and right. what I hear from him sounds like a prima donna punk and I wouldn't want him on my team. Uh, but that's just me. What is it like? Because Philly is a market where they care about the team first and the league second. Yeah, I'm so not going to talk in season tournament and I don't want to talk about load. No, management. No, no. I don't want to do any of that. No, Jim, James Harden was that Made for talk radio? Was that talk uh, radio gold? Or was that a nuisance because it rubbed people the wrong way?
1: I think it was more of the nuisance than talk radio gold. Because in this city, 12 months a year, you're talking Eagles. And the Phillies can dominate conversation for maybe two or three months. But the Phillies are constantly discussed. But they're never the front and center like the Eagles are. The Sixers need to fight for their air. You know, they they okay. need to gasp for the air. And unfortunately since my tenure has come here, we've had the Ben Simmons drama. Then you get out of that. We've had second round exits, which has been the routine thing. And then we get the James Harden drama. It's been more drama than it's been success. And then doc rivers leaves to go to ESPN after he has shown the door. And now we get Nick nurse, Nick nurse fascinates me, but the, the, the I don't think Nick nurse wanted to run his system or work, uh, start a new job dealing with James Harden. And uh, I I believe they did him a great favor by making sure that they moved on from James Harden. And look, the entire league had their chance to get him last summer. Nobody, nobody bit, nobody won. I I think he's got a tired act. And I think he's tired. Uh, You know, he has an, he has an inflated self-worth that he doesn't deliver on, on the court. LeBron James can believe he walks on water. Because I've seen him do it in the right. NBA, right. James Harden, poor but He he that's he's right. a poor man superstar, as how I always described it. And I found him to be very very tired. Yeah, like it just I and didn't you, like
0: you answered my second uh, Sixers question uh, about uh, where their place is in the in the Philadelphia oh, lexicon. Water? And yeah. that's the exactly Phillies where have, I thought it
1: would be. Yeah, the Phillies have moved into second. But and the this Phillies arena, the- I remember
0: talking to Angelo about this, this, this arena proposal seems like the most unpopular decision going, the, the Philadelphia has the perfect sports complex. That is the, the absolute perfect fan experience. Any one of the three buildings in that complex is absolutely po- perfect. What about the idea that the Sixers will get their own
1: stadium and how is that being perceived? Well, it, it depends. Some people are very old school and are like, no. I think if you're talking 45 and above, everybody's against it. If you're talking the the 18-year-olds to like 35-year-olds, they're very intrigued. You know that 28 of the 30 NBA franchises have downtown stadiums and the Sixers are one of the two that does not. And I believe Oklahoma city will now have like, you know, is going to do one or somebody's doing one that's moving in, but there's only two Unless teams. They're in
0: downtown Seattle. I don't give a shit.
1: There's only two teams that don't have a downtown stadium. So it's not odd for the Sixers to want to be there because it's been a thriving business model for NBA franchises. That said the stadium complex in Philadelphia, it is, it's sacred because it's brilliant. It's brilliant in its simplicity, in its parking situation, in its access to the subway, it's really simple. So to me, I sort of hope it works out. But if the Sixers want their own arena, here's the big deal. Is, the Sixers want their own arena because the Sixers are last in scheduling in that building. So Flyers own the building. Wells Fargo puts their name on it. But the Flyers get first choice of their dates. Right. Then the Disney on ice and everything else gets second choice. And then the Sixers have to schedule around that. The Sixers want to be first in their building where they get to call the shots. And that's why they want their own stadium. And I still think it's a, it's a, I'd say it's 60 40 right now that they're going to do it because Sherelle Parker, the new mayor who will come in in January, God bless her soul. Thank God we're getting a new mayor here. Um, it's like, we're overthrowing the penguin from Batman. Uh, you know, when he took over the mayor's office, that's The other part. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a um, I mean, it's terrible, but Sherelle Parker, Ms. Parker is a a proponent of she's she's not she hasn't given her full support to it, but she's a proponent of saying this seems like it could be a great idea.
0: Okay. Lastly, baseball. Uh, yes. Micro and macro. Um, right. How big a superstar is Bryce Harper in Philadelphia, where they've had Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Mike Schmidt and all all the superstars of the past um baseball's gone through a metamorphosis in my opinion and this goes back to fans care about a team first and the the
1: league second yeah we care about laundry in this town first it's the it's the team uniform it's the team logo more than we do any individual anything so
0: all of baseball's ills i'm not interested in it's a it the sport skews older yet in philadelphia it seems like they're a, a big deal I can remember when I worked in Philadelphia, they had a sellout streak. Uh, It's not as as intense then, but Harper, is Harper as big a superstar as any Philly, or in 2023, no baseball player
1: can be? I got to tell you that Bryce Harper, um, when when the Phillies had to run when you were there and you were in town, uh, it was Howard Utley Rollins. It was yep. like a triumvirate. And then you threw in a little bit of the 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 dark haired Cole Hamels, and you had more flavor. Okay. But so all of those guys sort of had because there are people who say, uh, they are Rollins guys. Pat Egan, who works on my show, big Rollins guy. There are guys who are big Howard guys. There are people who are utterly disciples. So you each like there were a bunch of factions. There are no factions when it comes to Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is, I think. I think he's bigger than those guys. Really? Yeah. Because I think that Bryce Harper, first of all, chose to be there. He wanted to be in Philadelphia. He chose it. He chose the complete no trade clause and didn't want to have the outs because he wanted to establish something in Philly. He is the de facto general manager. I mean, he's involved with, you know, he's involved with a lot that goes on as far as signing of players and everything. He has a lot of say. He totally panders to the community. And when I say pander, a lot of people take that as a negative. I think it's a positive. I think it's positive when he shows his support for the Sixers and goes to a Sixers game, goes to a Flyers game, goes to Eagles games, Um, him and his his family seen out and about in the town. Bryce Harper has been everything he promised the Phillies he would be on the field and off. And Seth, I'm going to raise my hand and say I'm a little bit surprised. Not that he was a great, not that he's been a great player, but I had always heard things about he's selfish. He's, he's not a, you know, he's not a leader. This guy isn't whatever. Well, whatever way he leads it works. And for this community, he's beloved. He is absolutely beloved.
0: I say this for the audience. Uh, I've been a big uh, proponent of Bryce Harper. He was on episode 54.
1: Look at all these numbers. I love
0: 140 episodes. Uh, before John Kincaid's
1: first. Appeared. Wow. Look at that. I mean, he's and 400 he's episodes
0: ago. Uh, he That's was great. unbelievable. He, he had just been uh, voted the MVP uh, in 2015, and uh, it was a, a partnership with Tops. Uh, okay, he good. He was doing something with Tops, and they wanted him to promote this new card line or something. And they said, Would you talk to Bryce Harper? And
1: I remember we Would did it I? over Skype. Yep. We did it over Skype. I actually think it is the best part of my industry. Is that same thing from doing television and radio with the Atlanta Thrashers to doing local TV stuff to doing uh, my radio shows to doing the national radio shows. It's it's the greatest part of it is going somewhere and someone goes, "Oh, I love your show!" or "I right, I worked," or someone you worked with they go to another market and you get to learn from them and get hear about them. I mean, it's those. It's fantastic. Um, the The first producer I ever had for my ESPN radio show, when when they named it the John Kincaid Show, gave it to me yep. was Steve Coughlin, Stanford Steve. He was my first producer, and it's like the weirdest thing. Now you yeah. see Steve be such an you know, he's he's part of Sportsnet, right, and he's right. absolutely amazing. And you just see that. And I have a a, a slew of my producers. Always like I, the guys who, and ladies who produce my show have all gone on to great success in our business, and I love it. I I love seeing that. I I consider it the Kincaid tree. I don't think Stanford Steve knows that he's on the Kincaid. He knows he's on the Kincaid tree. I don't think he realizes. I look at it like Andy Lee, like the coaching tree, and uh, there's some really great ones on it. And that's part of this industry, which That's is totally true. That's why you do this podcast, honestly. That's why you take this angle on this podcast
0: yeah that's exactly right and after daryl's passing the original idea of the podcast was going to be daryl and i recreated the radio show and after his passing i said i only want to talk to my friends
1: and And that's a good way to do
0: it and when i saw you were cancer free bring it all full circle i said that's you have to come on the show like the first chance i got i wanted you on the show i love it i am so thrilled for you um I, I, I just I, I've been in your court for for a long time. I know you have been, and uh, it's just it's great to see
1: continued success and come back and we'll do this all I will, over. I will absolutely do that, and uh, it is absolutely awesome. And I hope you come to Philly sometime, and I get to see it.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Well, how about yes. for Devils you're Flyers? Only, you're only but,
1: 85 miles or so from.
0: Oh. Yeah, Devils Flyers, but
1: inside, yes. not the 22 oh. degrees. We'll see. You. Seth, thank you. I, it's my honor, and I appreciate it. I appreciate all the people who sent me their well wishes and their positive energy. Thank you so much. That's
0: John Kincaid, and that's a great way to end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support of this podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you then.
2: If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. <sighs> I'm about to go And then you'll know For me to stay I got to be me You'll never be in doubt That's what it's all about You can't take me for granted and smile i